Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Our shopping habits and how they've changed, and I suppose in particular that of the younger cohort in, in recent times. Um, we're hearing today from Unpulsed, a new survey that's out that about half of 25 to 34 year olds have bought goods online and this is because of a recommendation from an influencer or a celebrity. And I just made the point a little earlier in the programme that I'm somebody who's definitely influenced by uh, influencers online, on Instagram, on social media uh, because of the different things they recommend, that they buy, that they talk about. But we're asking, do we always know when we're being influenced? Like, yes, you'll see hashtag ad and hashtag sponsored post, hashtag brand ambassador. Do you actually know what that means? Um, And does that then alter your view on whether or not you'll subsequently go on to buy the product? Quite a few people getting in touch about this today. Roisin is with us on the line. Roisin, do you buy items and goods based on influencer recommendations? Hi, Andrea. Yeah, I definitely do. I I fall into that cohort for sure. I think influencers have been around since the dawn of time. It's just that the current medium is, you know, social platforms and things like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, that that statistic doesn't surprise me. Um, Like, for instance, if you're buying on Amazon, I mean, everybody can relate to this. You're not, you're going to have a look at the product description, but really whether you buy it or not is based on the reviews and what, you know, is that lived experience of somebody versus what a company is telling you is great about their product. So it's just then that it's marketing for a different age, basically. That's it. And I wouldn't even say about a different age. It just depends on the platform, I'd say. Um, Like, I mean, again, it goes back to the likes of Tupperware and things like that way back when, like, it's always been around. Um, It's just that these platforms are specifically... Um, being used for it or it's the biggest way to, to get the biggest audience and maybe the, the biggest demographic on those platforms are within a certain age group. But um, yeah, I think back to what you'd mentioned there about knowing when you're being sold to is really important. Um, I'm a big advocate for media literacy and I think it's important at all ages, um, not just for kids and people going through college and things like that, but all ages because these you know platforms and different mediums are constantly evolving and it's really important to make sure that you know when you're being sold to and to acknowledge that it's not necessarily a negative thing because you know it does also give us a um it does give us back time we don't have to go searching for things because we're being targeted specifically on something we're already interested in so it is great in that and it also opens up things like um for instance uh with like body neutrality and body positivity you know i specifically follow people who are mid-size fashion and plus-size fashion influencers um, and I'd rather buy from them if they have a lived experience and I know what it'll be like for myself versus a model which is one size fits all on a website. So there are good things towards it but it's definitely important to acknowledge when you're being sold to and we're lucky within the EU that we have a lot of regulation around it mm. um, not, it isn't the same globally but um, it's still really important to make sure that. Um, 1800-453-106 is the number if you want to get in touch. Roisin, stay with us. I've uh, Irene McCormack, Dr. Irene McCormack actually is, has been running a course for influencers over um, the past number of years. Are you surprised, I suppose, first of all, Irene, by the stats out today that we're talking about two thirds of those in the 16 to 24 year old age group and then nearly half of 25 to 34 year olds buying based off influencer recommendations? No, I, I I don't think that's I don't think anybody's surprised by that. I mean, increasingly we're all buying online, but younger people are really influenced by influencers. I suppose we're all influenced by people that we admire 
and we believe to be honest and authentic. But in particular, younger people, that's where they're finding their tribes through Instagram and TikTok. So not at all surprising. I would even go as far as to say, like, I know the Unpost survey looks at the age group up to about 34. I'm in the, the latter end of that, Irene. But like, you know, I know myself an awful lot of the things that I now buy are based off recommendations. And some of them are, you know, some are influencers that I follow and I follow them because, uh, you know, I like them or I'm interested in, in similar interests with them, But you know, to, to them, I should say. But... I suppose sometimes when you're looking at stuff and you hear, you know, such and such an influencer talking about X or Y product, you know, they might they can easily talk about how great it is when you've been paid to do that. Yeah. So I, I think you'd agree as well as a, as a client that, you know, authenticity is really important. So what is authenticity? Uh, the, without a definition or a dictionary definition, it's people we see that are, who are authentic are people we trust and we believe are honest and being real. So the minute that breaks down, I think the remember there was a great eyelash scandal a few months ago where an influencer uh, was promoting eyelashes and then it was discovered it was a paid promotion, but that wasn't obvious. And that person who had built up over a long period of time uh, a great following of people who loved and believed in her and bought her products totally whittled away. And, uh, you know, cons- customers or followers get so angry if they feel duped. And we all feel like that, but in particular online where influencers really make their mark by being authentic, revealing things about themselves. And then we as followers, we we develop these things known as parasocial relationships with them. So we we are following somebody. We almost think they're fr- we're friends with them. We feel that we're in some way intimate with them. We're their fans and we're close to them. In fact, we aren't really close to them because they don't know us or come around to our houses. But this parasocial relationship that we have with people online is very important. And that pushes through on purchases. But it's a very, very, very nebulous thing. If it's breached in any way, the public will move away from that person and they will not forget that breach. Mm -hmm. You see, it's a funny one though, Irene, because like... You know, you could previously be working with a client, I imagine. I mean, you'll know better how it works than I do as an influencer and be paid to promote, you know, whatever a product um, and that deal or contract has come to an end. And then perhaps maybe you continue to use it because you do genuinely like it or it suits you or, or fits in with your, your, um, your, you know, your situation. But like, is there not then still, I suppose, a previous vested interest that, that's been there? Well, in a way, yes, if you if you have previously been paid and everybody knows you've been paid, we as the public or as followers, we don't mind that. And if that continues on afterwards, it means that that person's been genuine and they just love the product. But say I'm, I'm a creator of a product. If I own a factory and I'm making mascara and I'm getting you and great to promote my mascara, all I care about is eyeballs. All I care about is, but I am really preying on your authenticity, what you've built up. And in a way, it's kind of ironic that I, you know, the corporate world wants to buy what this authenticity in order to sell products. But the minute you're selling something, maybe you lose a bit of that authenticity. Mm. So in academic terms, we talk about, um, you know, the attention economy. So there's a thing called money you know, paper money, then there's card money. And then we consider also attention to be like a currency. And all businesses are looking for attention. And how do we get attention? Well, there's ready-made attention there through influencers. And we buy into that. We go to influencers, we ask them, you know, can we take the attention you're getting and monetize that through products? And a good influencer would be very upfront about that and make that very obvious. And then we as purchasers, we don't mind that so much. 
but don't ever try and slip one through that, you know, you are trying to pretend that this is a product that you like yourself and you just came across it and it just fell on your lap or whatever. You went out and bought it in Boots or wherever, Chemist, Macaulay's. But, um, you know, you have to pre- you have to preserve your authenticity if you want to preserve your publics and if you want to preserve your following. Influencers and influencing uh, influential sites like that, Irene, are they just the modern day billboards and commercial radio advertisements? Yeah, it's even more than that. It's a marketplace because you go further than that. You're clicking, you're buying, you know, it's the new way to buy and sell things. And say people who are running companies are probably a lot of them in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And they need influencers who understand these publics and understand these markets because they themselves might. And it's a very, very strong marketing ploy. And even, you know, through the pandemic, governments were using influencers to sell the idea of getting vaccinated and it proved very, very popular worldwide and very, uh, you know, really, really powerful. So um, I think it is a new way of doing it. It creates a lot more selling opportunities. Um, I feel a bit for influencers, I'll be honest with you, uh, Andrea, because it's such hard work. I was going to say. Yeah, it's it's labour. It is labour. And many, remember, it's also freelance labour. If you're a freelancer, anybody in the media world understands what that is. Uh, There's very little security in it. It depends on you being healthy. It depends on you uh, posting every day, posting regularly. And that's very draining on, on, on on a person. And also reinventing yourself, creating stories around yourself. So some influencers, you know, they outgrow the, their market. They might be getting a bit older. Then you see like Molly May, who's, who's an incredible influencer. Now she's had a baby. She's opening herself up to, not to be too cynical about it, but a whole new market of mums. That's a huge buying power. It's all the things that going go with being a mother, not your own health and beauty, but also mm. products. So, you know, she's worth 14 million now. And like, uh, I'd be surprised if she doesn't double that in the next couple of years. You know, but then she had to reinvent. I'm not saying having a baby is a good way to reinvent yourself because it's a very long term commitment. Mm. But uh, influences are under the cosh all the time to create newness, to create stories, narratives around themselves. It's it's a job that a lot of young people, in my experience, want to get into. But I would I would characterize it more as labor than a job. It's yeah, really I, I, I I was in just a, a, a random one. I was in the hairdressers um, recently, and there was a, an in, an influencer sitting beside me uh, that I recognised and um, like I was exhausted Irene watching her you know uh, creating content and stories and like I just it struck me because there would be some similarities in in you know from particularly from a freelance perspective a crossover with media and communications but I mean it, it's it's not an easy gig it's hard no, work it isn't and then imagine as well you you know you could be a celebrity in days gone by and close your front door and that would be if you didn't really hear the horrible thoughts some people have in their heads. Now those horrible thoughts are really can get into your phone, into your head. There's a lot of wellness issues and uh, mental health issues that that uh, young influence have to have to you know, navigate, especially young women, especially young women, because obviously you're uh, a lot of the most successful ones are in the are in the beauty business. And that's a very judgy business. And, you know, I wouldn't look at those young people. Also, you need immense energy. So I do admire them because I've met mm-hmm. a lot of them through the Digital Hustles, the SETU summer school. And they are the one agreement they all have and one characteristic they all have is they have an immense work ethic. So, you know, uh, it's like any job. Lots of people admire jobs on the outside. 
uh, most of the jobs worth having are involved in enormous time commitment and this is no different. I wonder are there certain things that we as consumers tend, you know, to be influenced about certain products? Like, Roisin, for you, are there certain things that you're certain um, brands, not brands, but certain types of things, whether it's clothes, food, holidays, that you're more likely to to be influenced on? Yeah, I think it depends on the consumer. Um, Like if you're following an influencer that's a subject matter expert on something or you have a particular interest in something, you might be more um, inclined to buy from that or in that area. But lifestyle and lifestyle influencers are kind of the the biggest um, genre, should we say, of influencers and to go back to what Irene was saying there is that when you're promoting your lifestyle you've you've no off the clock you know it's everything that you're doing and um, your angle let's say is that you're showcasing your life just living as everybody else and want people to relate to it and things like that but you're completely you know immersed in everything constantly you're always working there's no such thing as doing a job and then finishing up um, like like a, a labourer and things like that you're you're always contracting Um I'd say, yeah, lifestyle is the main thing. Myself, even personally with TikTok um, and Instagram, it's just bits around the house and storage and organization, which tells you a lot about my algorithm. Um, but yeah, I think that's the the biggest genre that is. It's just like everybody will know this. You know, the, the hacks, home hacks and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I love that kind of totally nonsense <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> sit and watch TikTok videos which is just such a poor, probably a poor reflection of what I do with my spare time that I sit and watch these TikTok videos of how yeah the kind of simple life hacks around food and just absolute nonsense but anyway Edel is with us too Edel are there certain areas um, or subject matters in life that you're easily influenced by? Definitely. I think I'm the influencer's dream um, when it comes to buying online. And I'm definitely fall, like yourself, Andrea, into the latter part of that uh, category in terms of age group. But I think what concerns me, I suppose, um, I would do a lot of work within schools for ring training and we run a digital literacy programme in post-primary schools. And I think what the major concern is that a lot of our young people see these influencers as their friends and the lines are slightly blurred. Um, if a friend recommends a book or a film or a, a restaurant or uh, something to see in the cinema, you're very likely to take up that recommendation. And because they are consuming so much content online, be it on TikTok, Instagram, um, wherever it is they're consuming this content, they see these influencers as their friends. So they take that recommendation um, as at face value, I suppose, and they don't realise the monetary value that those influencers are getting for it. And that's where the, the lines become a little bit blurred. And I think it's up to the education system and also as parents to constantly remind the young people about this. Um, I think you know, they think that they're very savvy, but sometimes they can be very easily influenced and they don't see that the influencer will only show the positive side of the product because obviously they have some gain to get, whether it's through advertising or being able to enjoy the product for free. Is there anything wrong with thinking influencer your friends? Um, it depends on what they're influencing you to do. So um, I definitely don't want to run down influencers because I think that even for myself personally, I think sometimes they can change your way of thinking in a positive way. They can help you to create new habits or to even think about new habits. They can influence you to buy a product that definitely could be useful or helpful in your life. But I think where the problem lies is, and in, there's some influencers online that will openly speak about the fact that they won't say if there's anything wrong with the product or the experience 
experience um, or whatever it is that you know they, they're influencing on. So for example, if they have bought a product and it's broken after a week or whatever the case might be, um, they, they don't maybe mention that. They will talk about the positives, but you don't actually get a true reflection and a true review. Whereas I think a friend in real life, so to speak, um, would probably give you a more honest review, whereas we're not seeing that from the influencers online. Uh, some of the un- unpost um, findings are one element of it they highlight clothing and footwear followed by beauty books and media the top categories for online purchases uh, via influencers over the last three months Ben is on the line as well Ben are you easily influenced from products that are recommended? Uh, to be honest it's only if I'm actually looking for it in the first place if I see something that's, that, that, that kind of stands out uh, or something that I don't actually need. Uh, I, I know that it's just like an impulse buy if I buy it, so I know to avoid them things. But um, to be honest, the whole influencer conversation, I'd be more worried less about the kind of products they're buying. Well, of course, that is a problem as well, but more so the kind of content they put out in the in the videos. Now, I'm uh, more talking about uh, YouTubers and kind of video creators and okay. stuff like that. Um, I've I've a little brother there, and um, there was a, a, a while back there was this train going around, and it's where you have to hide it in a, in a shop behind toilet paper for overnight. It was like a twenty four hour overnight shop challenge or something that one of the YouTubers he watches done and he went and he tried to do it himself now thankfully he fucking told me um before he went there sorry excuse me excuse me for 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 my my french there um but yeah he went and done that and thankfully he told me before he was going to do it because he thought it was funny and i I stopped him but i think it's stuff like that uh influencers need, need to be more kind of worried about it's it's a lot of them get way too comfortable in just being able to put out whatever content they want just because they think it's funny and I think they need to kind of maybe think about oh maybe is my audience uh, if if more and more people do what I'm about to do in this video could that be a problem you know like if they want to go out and they want to they want to like uh, I don't know m- make a video of them on a walk or something that, yeah. that's fine you know what I mean but if it's if it's doing especially if it's something dangerous like like uh what was that Tide Pod challenge going around uh, a while ago? That as well was another one. Like, it's, it, Irene, just on that, uh, the the point around, um, I suppose there's, there's so many different strands to it, like whether it's, you know, p- promoting products or in exchange for, for money by, by way of um, sponsored posts, video creation and content then can be something entirely different. Uh, an area that uh, what Ryan was saying is very interesting because like most parents, I would say virtually all haven't a clue what their children are doing because we tend to look at children facing them in the eye and they tend to be looking with their back of the phone facing us, if you know what I mean. So we never go around to the back of them to see what they're actually doing. But um, I think um, one area which which we didn't touch on and would be another one is there are lots of campaigning influencers. Uh, you know, the LGBT community comes to mind, uh, really good uh, influences there, but they are not, it's hard to monetize that work. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They are doing it, they could have millions of followers on, on TikTok, and yet they're not driving around in Rolls Royces. So as you said, there's so many elements to it. There's only that, you know, not very many people at the top making huge amounts of money, but 
if you're talking just in monetary terms as a business, as per what Unpost is talking about, you can make some money as a micro-influencer. If you have a very loyal band of followers, uh, you only need a thousand followers who really follow you and think you're the bee's knees to, you know, tell them, I, I, look, I'm sponsoring these sunglasses and they're really good. And, and, and you can have a small business out of that, which I think is not a bad thing at all because many young people need a little side hustle to get them through college, get them through school, get them through whatever, whatever. And it's not that different to having, well, it is very different to having jobs and super value. But in terms of making some money, it is a possibility that's now credible instead of like imaginary. So there's the micro-influencers, there's people who are campaigning, and then there's the health and beauty people. And there's an array of opportunities if young people want to get there but please stay safe while you're doing it. We're asking people today do you buy based on influencer recommendations and what are you mainly, like what categories are you mainly influenced to buy? 87 106 is the WhatsApp number. Uh, this texter says I'm the total opposite, I wouldn't buy anything that an influencer recommends. Most of them are obsessed about a different product each week. You very rarely see them recommending something that they've actually paid for themselves. Another listener, I used to use influencers a lot more than I do but because um I always felt it was more authentic, like a genuine review. I think we've lost that quite a lot. It's now become more of a cash and grab for the influencers. Uh, I don't trust it as much anymore as I do the advertisements on television. Uh, this listener, lifestyle influencers are a curated version of life. It's not the accurate reflection of reality. Steve has got in touch. Stop trying to build up influencers. I've made up, it's a made up job by the middle class people who want to be famous without an extraordinary skill. We're talking about our shopping habits and how they're increasingly shaped by social media influencers. A new on post survey out today, almost half of 25 to 34 year olds buy goods online purely because of a recommendation from an influencer or a celebrity. But we're asking, do you always know when you're being influenced and what kind of products are you actually buying? 087 106 is the WhatsApp number. Kay is with us on the line. Kay, um, you're a guidance counsellor. Do you, would you see a lot of the influence of social media personalities on students? Yes, well, it's not something that they will come in and openly talk to me about. But, you know, I can see it in their behaviours. And it's not just in terms of what they're buying. I mean, at the age group that I'm dealing with are teenagers. So, you know, a lot of them wouldn't have purchasing power per se at the moment. Um, But what... I feel they're being influenced. It's like influencing behavior and influencing ways of thinking um, and influencing belief systems. And, you know, one of your previous speakers mentioned about, you know, uh, body positivity and how some influencers, you know, are very body positive and that's Mm. fantastic. But in my experience, you know, I, I often go on the sites just to have a look at what my students might be looking at. And even on the sites where, or even on the pages of the people who are, you know, very body positive, like a cursory glance through the comments sometimes on those pages, you can see a lot of negativity coming back towards the influencer. And if I've got a student looking at that who, you know, mightn't be the, you know, what's considered the the perfect aesthetic, then they're, they're taking what's being said to the influencer personally themselves. So that's one thing that I find very negative. And then also one thing that hap- that's been happening a lot recently, I've noticed in our school, is a lot of our young men, our teenage boys, who many of whom feel isolated in current society because there's an awful lot of negative press about being male. Um, you know, and we have a whole generation coming up who, who aren't the people who set up the patriarchy. 
but they feel constantly castigated. And then they, they, without having a positive influence or feeling like they belong or feeling like that someone hears them and cares about them, they're gravitating towards horrible influencers online um, where, you know, misogyn- misogynism might be part of, the, of what the, the influencers are peddling. I'm thinking of people like Andrew Tate and uh, where like they'll, they'll, they'll suck them in with, you know, um, how fit are you and do you, do you work hard? Do you get up every day to train? Do you make your bed when you get up? All this kind of stuff, which is quite positive. But then once they have them hooked, you know, they're really peddling, you know, dreadful anti-women traits and, you know, power to men, men are power, men are stronger than women, all of this nonsense, really, which, you know, we know isn't true. And so that's a huge issue, I find, for, for teenagers. Mm. And um, then the other thing is, you know, previous speakers were talking about the fact that, you know, it's, it, it's digital marketing is what it is. And it's not just marketing, it's a marketplace now as well. Yeah. But the difference is, in my day, let's say, you could walk away from the marketing because you can close the magazine or whatever it might be, turn off the TV. Now, I know you can turn off your phone as well, but we all know how sophisticated the algorithms are. So in the hands of teenagers, it's just a constant, constant, they can't get away from it. So they're constantly being fed images, ideas, products, what, and, you know, ways of being, ways of thinking. And in their young, impressionable brains, they can't walk away from it. And from my point of view, I mean, I would love to see some kind of legislation around it. You know, you can't advertise, you know, drinks advertisements, let's say, on TV at a certain time of day. You know, there, there needs to be legislation as well around the sites that we know our teenagers and young people are on, that it needs to be regulated mm. so that even if it is influencers that, this, that people trust, that there needs to be regulation about what can be advertised to young people. That's just my view. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very interesting point, Kay, actually. And I mean, obviously, there's, there's rules around um, the Advertising Standards Authority and, you know, d- different um, terms and that that have to be used if you're being paid to promote something. But, but it's an interesting point that around, in the same way as for radio and television, for certain products, you know, we have the, the watershed yes. where you have certain times for which you just, you can't have advertisements. Yes, more exactly. regulation, effectively. That, that's what I would think. And, you know, I mean, it's a minefield, you know, we're only catching up with it. We're always on the yeah. back foot. And, I, you know, I do feel for current teenagers, I was telling your researcher earlier that, you know, my primary degree is in communication studies. And I, I mean, I did my degree back in the late 80s. And I remember, like, at the time, we were doing critical analysis of, of media marketing, and we were looking at magazines and the negative influence they had on young women. And compared to what young women are being bombarded with now, that was in the Haveney place. You know, and I, I, you know, I don't think we have the research yet mm. to see just what the effect is on, on young people. It's, it's scary to me, really. Jenna's on the line as well. Um, Jenna, would you always know when you're being influenced? Hi. Um, <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I think I do, but maybe not all the time. Um, but I try not to really follow influencers. Like, I don't use um, TikTok. Um, I deleted Instagram for, like, two years. But oh, did you? Okay. I use it. Yeah, I use it for mainly just to find, like, recipes and stuff. Just easy. Um, but then there's definitely... But it's kind of hard to escape, like, we're in the age of, like, the internet and social media. Like, yeah. I've had a phone since I was 11. But this is kind of what I've known. So I think I'm kind of, I'm 24. So I think I'm kind of an exception amongst my friend group anyway for not using, I try not to use um, social media as much as possible just because I don't like the idea of 
being on your phone all the time and then the effect of possible influencers. Um, so just, you're quite conscious of it. That's the, that's why, is it, you you scaled back Instagram and, and TikTok and all of that? Yeah, just because, well, just, I don't know that much about influencers. I don't know the whole world because I try to stay away. But just what I do know, it just seems to be that they, it's an idea of promoting brands that might not be very ethical or like environmentally friendly, like fast fashion brands. Okay. Yeah. Um, but not to blame like the individual influencers. Like it's understandable as a young person, like seeing an opportunity to make decent money and probably be your own boss and everyone likes free stuff. But then I guess to kind of just shift away from maybe I don't need all this stuff to kind of too much materialism and like over consumerism. And maybe just if it was ethical brands that are being promoted or I don't know. It's yeah. very, very materialistic. <laughs> What, to be. what about you, Stephanie? Do you follow many influencers? Would you, would you buy based off their recommendations? Hi, Andrea. Um, like a previous caller said, no, not really. Um, when if if I do happen to buy off an influencer, it is because it is a particular product that I already need in my life, or have already been sort of thinking about getting. And then if I see them promoted um, on their social media page, then I might be inclined to say, "All right, I'll buy with their affiliate link, or I'll buy with their discount," and um, even to give them that that boost but you know like that with the fast fashion um, fast fashion brands and and makeup and and shoes and things like this i i try i i've reduced the number the number of influencers i follow because i do feel like it does get a lot you're constantly being um promoted to by one brand or another and it leads to it leads to overspending, but also leads to you buying all these things that you don't need, and ultimately you're going to go in the bin. So I've kind of reduced the amount of influencers I follow to the people that I know benefit me. So like you know, if it's like a fitness influencer, and um, or if it's someone that does a lot of recipes and, and, and cooking and things like that, then I might give them a follow and actually watch them quite often but apart from that you know when it comes to you know just general lifestyle I think I think it's very hard to constantly watch this perfect person's life on Instagram and you know and not compare it with yourself and not feel dissatisfied with your own life because it looks fantastic on their in, on their feed now obviously it's curated and they go through their own sort of trials and things like that but mm-hmm. we don't always see that so you do get into that comparison game so I do try and limit the number of influencers I follow and, and, you know, you know, buy from and things like that. I'm sure, Kay, when you're, you know, chatting to your students as a guidance counsellor, like I'm, I'm sure you must see the the impact that it can have on students as well. Yeah, well, as I said earlier, with the girls, it's, you, I mean, I hate stereotyping, but like from my own anecdotal experience with the girls, it's usually, you know, unhappiness with the way they look because of what they're seeing presented to themselves all the time and not just even the way they look but their entire life that their lives seem boring by comparison do you know what I mean that that other people who are only a few years older than them seem to have these incredibly glamorous existences where they're always going to openings of events or you know the new Charlotte Tilbury uh, lip liner is having an opening event and they're off to that and the next night they're going to something else and you know, our students are just coming to school and going and playing their sports. You know, it's they feel like their lives are boring by comparison. And with the boys, then, I do think that, and again, I hate to stereotype, but in my experience, mm. 
with the boys, I do see a kind of a rampant materialism and a tendency to follow guys who make them feel like they're part of a club, but ultimately they're just pushing anti-women sentiment. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting and, how... You know, yeah. And I, I feel sorry for them because, you know, I'm, I'm a middle-aged woman and, I'm, you know, I've, I've been on TikTok, I've actually come off it um, and Instagram, I just don't do them anymore. Because, you know, even I, who work in the mental health support services industry, was finding myself, like, just endlessly scrolling. You know, you find an area that you're, that you're interested in and you're just constantly scrolling, clicking on links. And, like, after, after a, a, about a week of that during the summer holidays, I was thinking, what am I doing mm. with my time? I know, I know, you know and I know, if that yeah. happened to me, what is it doing to young people who know nothing else? Do you know what I mean? I, I do. It's yeah. No, I I'm in the same, totally the same boat as yourself. Kay, you find yourself just scrolling and scrolling to no end, and then you think, where have, where has the past half an hour gone in the in the afternoon? This texter says, if you find one with the same fashion sense as you, it can actually be really helpful in finding new clothes from a wide range of places without having to go to the shops. Another listener, I don't believe a single word from any of the online influencers. Anyone who's had to anyone who's paid to promote something only interested in their own financial gain. Full stop. And my view. Um, this texter says I really rate influencers and will often seek them out. I don't think they promote things that they don't like, even if they do get paid, because it would tarnish their brand if the product wasn't good. So yes, I know they're getting paid but I also believe they like what they're promoting. If it's something like cosmetics, they'll show you them uh, They'll show you them using the particular product and how to do it. It's nothing like an advertisement in a magazine that could have been photoshopped and you've no idea uh, what they're actually using, according to this texture. Keep them coming into us, the email as well, lunchtime live at newstalk.com. Kay, Jenna, Stephanie, thanks a million for getting in touch. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.